It's spoiler in time, a companion show to Cord Killers. Cord Killers is the show where we figure out how to watch things. This is the show where we've watched them and we talk about them. This week, we'll be talking about Miami Vice episode No Exit from season one, Squid Game season one, episode four, and the movie starring Anthony Hopkins and Jodie Foster, The Silence of the Lambs. I'm Tom Merritt. He's Brian Brushwood. Who boy, and do I ever have hot takes? Uh, Bryce, are, are you feeling fired up about this episode? I'm, uh, I'm, tr- uh, yep, I'm here. I'm here for you. I'm here with the, I'm here with it. This is believable. Okay. Where do we start? <laughs> Where do we start? Let's start with The Silence of the Lambs. I watched it for free through my library on an app called Canopy that the Los Angeles Public Library integrates with. So no no commercials. There, there were other ways to watch it for free with commercials, but I was able to watch it without commercials. Uh, that is, and I, I don't mean this to condemn the movie, the most positive thing about the experience was like, oh, I discovered a new way to stream movies for free uh, and, and a decent movie with Silence of the Lambs. I will say though, having watched the TV series Hannibal, Anthony Hopkins' Hannibal Lecter really felt odd to me. I remember, I've seen this movie more than once. I remember thinking like, oh yeah, Hannibal, uh, what a crazy character. Anthony Hopkins, you know, should win awards for that. It was amazing. But now having seen Mads Mikkelsen, I'm just like, okay, he feels kind of cartoony and a little over the top. Jodie Foster's great. Uh, you know, they, like uh, she she's awesome, but Hopkins, I, I, feel, I don't know. It just struck me entirely different this time. Brian, what about you? I, I mentioned earlier today to Bryce that like, I, I think I would pay $20 for some kind of like digital uh, remix of it where it's just Mad, Mads Mikkelsen, just, just to see how much different it would be. I, I don't know that thematically, structurally, any of those things, it would be very different, but it, it really did give me a deep respect for Mad, Mads's yeah. version of Hannibal. Because I'm not trying to say Anthony Hopkins was bad or stupid or anything. It just... I, I felt like Mads Mikkelsen was a little more intimidating because Anthony Hopkins was so wide-eyed, right? And and energetic. Whereas Mads Mikkelsen's Hannibal was just so calm and would say exactly the same things. Don't be rude. Uh, I don't like this. I'm going to work on my drawings. Like the character was the same. It was just the performance that was different. I, uh, I, the rest I mean, of the movie. I, 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 oh, oh, go I, ahead. Well, at the risk of sounding reductionist, uh, Mads Mikkelsen's version of Hannibal has a much better, dare I say, superior bedside manner compared to mm. yes. uh, the version right. that we saw here. This was and kind granted, of a cartoon character. We're only character. seeing prison Hannibal here, but we saw prison Hannibal with Mads as well. Which, by the way, that's not the part I had a problem with. I could adjust to Anthony Hopkins' uh, version. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. I could not adjust to whatever his gatekeeper guy because that's that's the same character chilton right chilton that's yeah, right yeah dr chilton okay right. children by okay. the millions it is a different it is a different actor but boy same casting very strong similar casting right but also it's like it was it was really fun for me to try to imagine everything that we saw in hannibal happened and then chilton acts this way when he's got Hannibal under lock and key after being shot in the face and all the other weird stuff that happens. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it's a, that's a little bit of a different inconsistent, <laughs> little different outcome for Chilton, uh, at, at this stage of the game. Um, uh, I did, th- I did think Jodie Foster was, was excellent still. 
but I've also not watched Clarice, the TV series. Who knows? Maybe I'd feel differently if I had. Uh, but I thought she was uh, spot on, uh, a, a, a great delivery. The, the, um, oh, shoot. Why am I blanking? I should, I should have IMDb open. Uh, the FBI director that was Lawrence Fishburne Jack. in Jack. Jack. Uh, he was okay. He he was almost a non-entity for me, whereas Lawrence Fishburne, I think, elevated that role. Um, but he was fine. The rest of the movie is a little cheesy. Like, there's there's some cartoonish elements around the edges that I think it has good directing, great acting, and I'll blame cinematography and, and screenwriting for for the parts that, that struck me as like, ooh, that just seems silly. The stuff that felt amateurish were the moments they dipped into um uh, uh culturally inappropriate moments like for example uh the first time clarice visits uh hannibal lecter uh he's very standoffish he's like hey don't bother me or whatever and then the guy in the cubicle next over uh throws uh, uh forgive me adult language uh, ejaculate on her and it's as though the producers of the movie are so embarrassed of this scene that they rush it mm. at the expense of it making any sense whatsoever. Mm. Like, like something happens and then suddenly he's shouting and giving clues and she's running out. And um, I don't know that if I was in the movie theater seeing this for the first time, I would have any idea what that scene was about. I didn't remember that being the the cause. I remember her running out and being scared, but right. in my mind, I and maybe I just blocked it out. I remembered it just being like, oh, everybody started yelling and throwing things. I didn't, it was very clear to me this time, like, oh yeah, that, that was disgusting. Um, and, but and not only also disgusting, the, the but cops, also the reason that he suddenly flips over and he's like, all right, I'll throw you a chrome. That was awful. I, yeah, I apologize yeah, yeah, yeah. on behalf of my colleague. Because they're all being rude. Right. There, also, I thought all of the cop scenes were just like kind of Keystone copy where it's like, hey, uh, late, little lady, we're the cops. And we, you know, ah, we're not, we're not going to take those precautions. That's for dummies. You know, we know our job. Like, it, it just felt weird. L let me give you a defense of that. Uh, all right. Two-thirds of the movie, I was like, oh, my God, more like the leering of the lambs. Like, every single scene Everybody was leering at her and I, which that, wanted... that is not what bothered me so much. I felt like that was time period context, right? Oh, at it in whatever it was, 1993, uh, that, that would have been the way it was. Right. But about two thirds of the way through the movie, Hannibal Lecter says he calls all of it out. And, 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 and all of a sudden, like a good magic trick, the truth has been in front of you the entire time, and he only reveals it. And once you see it, you can't stop seeing it. Also, I guess they're racist against anybody who doesn't have blue eyes, because everybody has blue eyes in the entire movie. They all stare directly down the barrel of the camera, except for one person who's African-American. It's Barney, uh, right. Barney the orderly that, that lets her in. That uh, or, lets or, I, I, I was thinking of uh, uh, her friend that she's training. Oh, Ardelia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, yeah. So there's two. There's Barney but, and but, Ardelia but outside that are blue-eyed Everybody people. has these bold, blue, brilliant eyes and stuff. Uh, it. I, I, I got to tell you, 
picturing this on a big screen for the close-ups that they give, uh, bold direction, full stop. It felt like it was shot for, for a small screen. Right? So mm -hmm. everything was so close. I noticed that too. Yeah, like, um, like, like we're watching Miami Vice. I thought the handling of objectification was fairly sophisticated for for the time period that this came out. Uh, you know, you're talking about how they they really f show like, oh yeah, you're be from the beginning when she's out jogging, the male gaze is called attention to just with cinematography. So that, I think that's good direction. Um, and and then it, like you say, later on in the movie, it becomes explicit through through Hannibal Lecter. Um, so I'll give Jonathan Demme uh, props there. 1991 is when this came out. But but there's also just like when the cops are just being on their own, like, ah, let me bring in your food. It just felt like suddenly we were back in the 50s. Like those parts were just left limp. Uh, the thing that struck me the most was that the first two thirds of the movie really do stand up. Um, the last third, and I understand, I mean, it's a long movie. Uh, the last third moves so fast and is so uh, ha-cha-cha, technology, shooting, deep breathing, mm -hmm. you know, uh, in the dark, whatever. Um, that part left me a little bit disappointed. But but absent of that, I was really shocked at how much this held up. It that that pacing reminds me so much of the show. I feel like I always had that issue with the mm. with the Hannibal show was okay, uh we found we found the person who did it. They're just sitting here waiting for you to arrest them. We wrapped that up pretty fast, didn't we? Like um but it's, it's Yeah, it felt really fast from the moment she walks into his house to her realizing like, "Oh, this is Buffalo Bill." And and in some ways I like that it's not explicit. She doesn't have a moment where she goes, oh my God, it's Buffalo Bill, right? Like that, that's fine. But pretty quickly he cottons to it too. And it just, yeah, it does, does seem to move uh, pretty fast. I did like though that uh, the woman who's, who's, who's captive is just like, screw that lady, get me out of here. Right. <laughs> Rather, you know, like has some agency is, is trying to get out, like is, is enticing the dog and, and doesn't want to hurt the dog, but will hurt the dog if she has to, in order to get out of there. Uh, I, I, I thought that was, uh, very felt very modern as well. Which by the way, in the coda at the end of the movie, the fact that she is holding on to precious, like, yeah, like yeah. in a sincere way, uh, felt very real to me. It was surprising and yeah. Um, uh, There's some good touches in there. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jack Crawford, played by Scott Glenn, who, by the way, played Stick in. Uh, oh, um, of course, in Daredevil. In Daredevil, yeah. 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 Loved him as Stick. He's all right as as Jack Crawford. He's not bad. Um. Bryce, what was your experience like watching this after? Because you are uh, the only one of the three of us who saw this after watching Hannibal. Right. I, I watched this a few months ago after we finished watching Hannibal. Um, I thought it was uh, I, I thought it was very good. I think as a movie, it really holds up on its own. Maybe not as much as, as um, Hannibal or the, the Red Dragon films do as much. Um, and, and also because the the events of Silence of the Lambs are not covered in Hannibal like the way the Hannibal film and the Red Dragon films are. It, it there was also a certain bit of like, well, this is probably not what um, 
um, Hugh Dancy's character. Um, this is not what uh, uh, the guy from that TV show would do. This is like kind of a different thing. Uh, uh, but but I I don't know I I, I dig it. it. There's just enough of of like what feels like today what you would feel like true crime reality with um, like far end of of the the serial killer spectrum of this is this is someone who is pretty far off their rocker um and uh i think it's i think it's interesting because you get to you get to the heights of the show's sort of um surreality with with the way that the 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 serial killers are are acting but there's a lot of there's a lot of grounded time here in this film so in, in my mental file bin, I had filed this under uh, sort of a, 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 I don't know, sort of a freak show of uh, uh, an unpreparedness for uh, a, a trans culture in the early 90s. Uh, but watching it this time, I feel like they gave pretty good due diligence and pretty good respect to gender reassignment surgery and, and taking it seriously in a way that... Um, I mean, I, I, I can't attest to what people were experiencing when they were watching this, mm-hmm. but it seemed like this movie did not throw trans folks under the bus the way I thought it did before rewatching it. Yeah, there, there, and there's a lot of thought that goes into where Buffalo Bill fits into kind of our current ideas of, of queerness, right? I think so, something I read today kind of recapping the film for myself um, was like, you know, you can take a view that no, Buffalo Bill's not like queer at all, but you're just looking at someone who is broken and is looking to get away from the whatever their physical body is. Maybe not necessarily a gender dys- dysmorphia, but just a generalized dysmorphia of, well, I'm not a woman. A woman would be very different from my history and my my upbringing. So I, Which, I think that shows a lot of uh, yeah, the, sophistication the and intricacy. Way. Yeah, Co- yeah, yeah. Correct. Yeah, in the movie, uh, as Tom is saying, they go out of their way to specifically say exactly that. which, yeah. which uh, somehow I had totally forgotten. And and uh, props to you know forward thinking 1990 people, for, Jonathan for, Demian for mentioning and that. crew. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, th- thanks for for going along with this. I, I was I was expecting to enjoy it more than I did. I was not expecting mm. it to feel as dated because I don't think it's been that long since I saw it last. And I remember thinking, wow, this held up really well. And and in large parts it did. Uh, I think it was just watching the TV series Hannibal that that undermined uh, that little bit of feeling. Uh, I, I, I went that... in fully expecting to enjoy it much, much less than I remembered mm. it. And I was yeah. pleasantly surprised at how much held up. Uh, and, and, you know, how much was fair and, and yeah, it's a more flamboyant version of Hannibal Lecter, but of course, uh, while he's the standout of the show, he's not the star of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, 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 it, I expected it was much it to better, be better than I thought. Brian expected it to be worse. So Bryce, you must've expected it to be exactly in the middle. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I did enjoy it. Uh, I did sit down for it. I was like, you know what? I really like the show. I, I think I'm going to like rewatching it. And I, I ended up liking it a lot yeah i never yeah. paused it i and, and that's telling mm. uh, I, I i never stopped it even there was like one or two times where i had to you know go like grab a drink or whatever and i was like i'm just gonna keep my ear out uh, i don't want to pause it i know i want to 
I want to keep going. And I think that's to its credit. I will say that uh, I went to justwatch.com and whatever was the easiest way to see it turned out to be on Pluto.tv with ads, uh, the same five ads every 15 minutes through a oh. two hour and 20 minute long movie. Yeah. Uh, Get that library card out, folks. <laughs> if you're going to watch that. Or, or just. Give them the ten dollars. Yeah. We're was just paying awful. the money. <laughs> yeah, awful. whatever, whatever works. Like I, I, I watch Miami Vice with ads through the NBC app, but that's only forty minutes. That's not an, another two hour. That's mm-hmm. not two hours. Yeah. Ugh. All right, folks. Uh, that is the silence of the lambs.